0: Uh, Antonio, uh, how did you guys? Uh, what was your strategy today, going into today's in today's game? Well, uh, well, I, you no, know,
1: well, I mean, you know, he played, some, like that. It's a bit, it's a honestly, that sounds like Arsene Wenger to me.
0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith and we are going to be starting part 2 of Set It and
1: Forget It. Brian it. I know that many have been paying attention to this. This came up on social media yeah. a couple of times over the weekend. We need to get back to waste watch. Waste watch. Now let me set the let me set the tone here. For a couple of years now, we have had a long-standing segment on this show called the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Now, it was guaranteed a couple of days ago that Cameron Jerome will not be coming back to the Premier League, he, at least not for his current there club. There was a chance. He's with Derby County. Derby County Derby's was in the playoff. Stupid. They lost. So unless he gets sold to Cardiff or Wolves or someone who's about to also be promoted from the playoff, Fulham or Aston Villa is it Uh, He's likely to stay in the championship. Okay. But we looked into the stats a few weeks ago. You specifically did. We sure did. Because there's someone... I can't unsee them. ...who is potentially (laughs) being more wasteful than Cameron Jerome was when he earned getting this award named after him. Believe it or not, you are exactly right. So how did it end this season? And going into next season, do we need to rename this award? I hope you're sitting down for this. I am.
0: Please, God, tell me. I can obviously see that you are. I do not want to change it.
2: Per one of my formerly favorite sites, 442.com, they're still very good. Sure. If you're in the U.S., switch to the U.K. version unless you want to see only MLS-related articles. Boo. 442.com. Easy. According to them christian benteke's final expected goal number for the season is the goals that were expected that he should be expected to score put him 12th overall in the premier league for the season now think of the number of times he did not play here at the end of the season right it was quite a few times 12th overall in the Premier League for expected goals puts him ahead of such goal machines as Bobby Chompers, Sadio <laughs> Mane, and Eden Hazard for perspective here. 12th overall. As of the end of April, the top 10 in terms of wasteful expected goals included some some prominent names, names we've talked about a lot this year. The top 10 included Dwight Gale, Okay and Gabriel Jesus. Hmm. So Jesus as we can talk about in the forward section because I think it's a really interesting stat. The 11 through 20, so the top 20 included some big names. Alexis Sanchez, Paul Pogba, Dele, were all in the top 20. Crystal Palace had multiple names on the list total anyway in wastefulness and total in wasted Townsend, chances and Townsend expected goals. No, Ruben Loftus Cheek and Johan Cabai were in the were in wow. the top 20. Surprising. Either way, what makes it overall really disappointing for Christian Benteke, in addition to the misses, not kicking the ball in the net, <laughs> is that one year ago he scored 15 goals in 36 appearances. He really, he scored 15 goals at the end of the season. He was one of the best in the premier league in expected goal convert conversion with his conversion rate was on par with Sergio Aguero, Romelu Lukaku, Zlatan, Alexis Sanchez. The, what they count, what they measure in expected goals per shot. It was 0.14 expected goals per shot. It was the same as Romelu Lukaku's at the end of the season.
1: Mm. That's good perspective.
2: But this is not 2016. Oh, nor is it 2017. That's right. And the numbers are exactly what they say they are.
0: So, Benteke accumulated all these stats. Yeah. This is what I want to find out.
2: Yeah, Dave.
0: Maybe we can do live math here. You know there. if it's
2: worth it. I've already done the math. Benteke. Yeah.
0: According to my... Research. Yeah, do you want me to get there? Has miss miss did not play <laughs> in seven games. Okay, and he was subbed in, and or subbed
2: four seven times as well. well. That's a good bit. Fourteen. All of that, obviously, down to form. His form was terrible. That's correct. What I don't have is the historical list of say worst ever wastefulness and where Ben Benteke would rank on that list. Sure. But what we do know is this. You playing dramatic music over all of this? Absolutely, Dave. I will play some. You know what I forgot to tell you was the music for the "How to Say." Cameron Jerome, tell me now so I can play it. I want you. To, I was going to say you should play uh, the Jerry and the Pacemakers version of "You'll Never Walk Alone." Okay. Oh come on! Why not? That's like their song.
1: I mean, that is my song. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay, you're the champ. I thought you were disrespecting it. Not at time. all. It's oh, a good sure. and it's a good version of the song yeah. for sure. I'm fine with that. Cameron Jerome finished a
2: couple of seasons ago with a conversion percentage on big chances of 16.7 percent. Okay. Christian Benteke finished this season with <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> are you? Are That's you, a drum roll for say, are you anyone who doesn't at me? know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Christian Benteke finished this season with three goals on twenty big chances, oh, no. a conversion percentage of fifteen.
1: Oh, he doesn't win it.
2: So, since Cameron, yes, he does. Since Cameron Jerome, he's
0: sixteen. Cameron yeah, Jerome was
2: 16%. was almost 17%. Benteke's was 15%. Since Cameron Jerome is experiencing a late season, was experiencing a late season surge in form with Derby County, they did not make the leap to the Premier League, though. Since Christian Benteke actually is in the Premier League, presumably going into next season, and despite the fact that Christian Benteke finished the season with the same number of assists as Matt Ritchie and Jesse Lingard and more assists than Cesc <laughs> Fabregas, Eden Hazard, Dusan Tadic, or, and or one of England's top midfielders, John Joe Shelby. That's a fascinating. Stop we it. have That's no choice, barring his removal from the Premier League over the summer, we have no choice but to name the most wasteful player of the year and to rename the Wasteful Player of the Week award... <laughs> to none other than Christian Benteke. We have no
1: choice. Pod he, history is being made, he ladies and gentlemen. Gave
2: us no choice. I am sorry. I defended him and I 1 percentage point. He's a,
0: he was one of the best number 10s in the league. He yeah.
2: did not <laughs> do it. Amazing. The what Christian the
1: Christian Benteke wasteful player of the week award.
2: Now if for whatever reason, I mean, if we want to commemorate this terrible season for him, no matter what happens next year, I think we probably still have to do that. Uh, Cameron Jerome has such a nice—I know—has such a nice name to attach to it. The <laughs> thing that I will love, always be the 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 fallback uh, and the the, the thing I love. The, yeah, the thing I love the, about this is that his third goal this season was the one that he stole, where he broke rank as 442 said and took that, to, took that oh, penalty. penalty yeah
0: that that's well, the only reason why he
2: or i should say that luca was so gracious to give him whether that was a team decision or whatever but he scored it and that was his third goal of the season amazing. otherwise he would have finished 2 of, tw- two of 20
1: in converting amazing.
2: big chances
1: that is amazing so. well done bro anyway
2: there you have it it's it's official it's, official. <laughs> it's oh, officially gosh. unofficial <laughs> until it's official
1: Love it so much. All right. Perfect ah, segue right. into
2: midfielders.
1: Yeah, somehow. So let me go Assists. over the top five. By far, far and away, the top scorer in all of FPL was Mohamed Salah with 303 points. I, I don't remember seeing anyone score 300 points before. That's amazing.
2: Um, the the segue we could have is that uh, Mo Salah actually finished with the most missed big chances. He actually finished number one on the list. But whenever you put in 35,000 other goals, it doesn't wow. really matter how many you missed. But he did finish. He had more missed, missed big chances, big chances that's than Christian Benteke. Did. Well,
0: that, that's lent me to my early season prediction of him. Obviously wrong. Okay. Yeah. But uh, anyways,
1: hey, so. More than 70 points behind was second place Raheem Sterling. So good this year.
0: Shocking. Shocking compared
1: to every, you know, most people would say that's horribly
0: shocking. Muhammad Salah scored so many points that his points per pound to his second-place counterpart was 28.58 to 25.6, a whole three-and-a-half points higher for the most part. Wow.
2: It's fascinating. Um, You had to own him to do well this year. I was going to say, there's nothing that defines the season more then if,
1: and at what point did you have Muhammad Salah? What week did you transfer him in? That defined your season. Yeah, it's true. I will say this: mine about- was
2: week twenty-five.
1: That's late. Way <laughs> too late for it to matter. The character gig is
2: quite good. Way too late, and I
0: don't have an official number on that. I think I transferred him somewhere on week it ten. It was nightmarish to try to look that up. It was like week ten hey, for me. Raheem Sterling. M- was subbed in four times and missed five games. Salah missed two games and was subbed in twice. So I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously, Sterling would not have caught but him. But points are
2: points. But I thought that was interesting. With most finished. And one of those sub-ins was his brace against Stoke, where he came in for like eight minutes. That's correct. <laughs> um, one thing that
0: I, I think certain positions, especially midfield and striker, points per game, Okay. This So I took out, calculating this, obviously the games that they subbed in and that they missed. So obviously some of them might have gotten some points when they subbed in, but I think on average, majority of the time they did not, unless their name was Gabrielle Jesus. But all that being said, Muhammad Salah points per game was 8.9. 8.9 fantasy points per game. Holy frick. That's a lot.
1: That's why you played him and you captained him for most of the season.
0: Sterling was a whole a, a point behind that at 7.89. Which is still amazing. Now, you know who's third on the list? The number seven overall scorer in points per game is... Marco. Is Son.
1: Sun. It was at a six point yeah. five nine. He subbed in ten times yeah. and missed one game. That's right? where though the stats are a little skewed because if you owned Sean, True. it was really really frustrating. How was that well, cake, Brian? and if you
2: owned it it's very good. If you owned him at the beginning of the year, he car- was, it's carrot cake. He was not playing yeah. much or playing sporadically. It wasn't until like I don't know eight or
1: nine weeks in he was he a got fresh it, uh, more more. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. uh, consistently played.
1: He was a frustrating own. You, He's one of those guys you had to be okay with owning him all year long and him being the seventh highest scoring midfielder overall to truly benefit from Son. If you tried to play the lottery on Son and buy him when he was in form, Pochettino would sit him. It just didn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. You had to own him from the beginning to val- to, to get the full value. His of Sun. cost was
0: it- – he finished the year at 8.3. He might very possibly and I don't know this, Brian, if there's only some way we could look this up. He probably started the year either at a 7.5 or five or or 8.0. Uh, I would guess at 8.0. Uh so look It
1: was an 8.0.
0: This is interesting. So uh De finished number 3 overall, Erickson number 4, Marez Scott surprisingly number 5, yep. Sane number 6. These are in total points. But those four players, De Erickson, uh, Marez, and Sane, those four players, for the most part averaged about the same points per game that they played. Sane missed the most games out of all those players.
2: I wish you wouldn't have mentioned.
0: Morris. The other thing is this that I wanted to bring up with midfielders is Pascal Gross, who I already mentioned in things I now know, mm-hmm. at a cost of 5.9, he scored a total of 164 fantasy points. His points were per pound were second to Salah at a 27.79, Salah being a 28.58. That is impressive. Now, his points per game were a lot lower than some of the other players, but because of his cost and how it offsets almost $3 billion, Brian, compared to some of the other players, your money, Pascal Gross, was hot early, was a slump in the middle of the year, and then seemed to be hot late again. He was absolutely worth an own all
2: year. I'm not joking. This is not a joke question. But would you would you own him to start your season next year, though? Absolutely.
0: If he's a good price. If if FPL rates him higher because of this year's performance, then I'll have to readjust my thinking. If, if he's, he's a, under six dollars. I was
2: gonna say, what if he starts at seven?
0: No. You wouldn't do it? Well, technically at that price, no, because he, he'd be on – he. I don't know. I I mean, it's, it's, a, I know, it's, it's a good I know, question.
2: It's, I know it's too early to say, but I'm saying it just seems like for somebody like that where uh, – I'm not saying it was a fluke. Sure. But could you possibly expect that kind of production from him the second year in the Premier League? Uh it just seems like it would have to be quite a value dollar amount for you for to, to make him, say, four or five on your midfield bench. Uh, very Possibly.
0: Okay. Moving things along. Zinedrin, 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 Shaqiri. Zinedrin Shaqiri. Zinedrin Shaqiri. Zinedrin Shaqiri. Shaqiri. Finished number three overall, Brian, in points per pound at a 25.40. There's no one that he makes fin- Finished the year at 6.1. He probably started the year at 5.5. He, listen, to his credit, I always thought, and, and I'll have to go back and Six. look at I always thought for the most of his career that he was very injury prone.
2: He is injury prone.
0: Brian, he only missed two games and he subbed in once. I know that. This entire season. And you yet this was the year they were relegated. Was Brian, say, you probably had him on your draft team.
2: I did. And but he I had him finished, on my real team for a lot of the year. He
0: finished twelfth in overall midfield scoring. You know what and I, I thought you know when I got you
2: know when I got rid of him? Tell me. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, sure. Whenever he scored all his points. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Anyways, those, those no, are
0: things that jumped out to me in uh, in my review.
2: No one makes me happier as a for as far as like a, a predictive, like a guess. Whenever he was doing well earlier in the year, than Shakiri, uh, I didn't buy him in the budget league. Whenever I said, "Hey, this guy's doing really good, maybe you should do it." <laughs> it took a while for me to actually buy him, but. Uh, if this was the one year you were going to gamble on him not blowing a, a, a hammy, hammy yeah. after three weeks of running around, this was it was definitely the year to do it. He was good all season long, up to the very, very last minute of the last week.
1: I want to kind of dig down deep a little bit just briefly here. Shakira, you mentioned, was 13th overall. Uh, Alexis was 14th, but his price was enormous. You never got paid off. No. He bit you and screwed you
2: the whole year. Still I
1: find it fascinating that he still managed to get the 14th say,
2: most points in the midfield. You even saying that doesn't doesn't sound right.
1: Last season all we talked about was which Liverpool midfielders do you want to play? Yeah. Only two finished in the top 15 this year, partially because Firmino was a forward this year. Uh but Sadio Mane finished 15th. The only other Liverpool midfielder to finish in the top 25 besides Mo Salah.
2: Fascinating. Hey, uh I don't have it in front of me. I just know that it's true and you're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> um I want to give a a shout out to the person, the single person in like week 20 or 36 or 37 or something like that, who um who bought Philippe Coutinho while he was still available in FPL. It was one, it was showing on the thing, it was one transfer in. That's amazing. And I just, I should have taken a screenshot, <laughs> I should have, I, but I took, a fo- I, t- I took a memory screenshot of it. Yeah, sure. And uh, I just remember seeing that and thinking like, that's hilarious. It's, it's like buying a football player in fantasy football that's you know isn't going to like Tim Tebow or something like that. This is <laughs> not a fantasy football podcast.
1: <laughs> and just having him on your roster for no sure. reason. I think that was really a good move. Anyway. I think I'm off on one number. Lexus, 13th. Sadio Mane, 14th. 15th. I want to go through the next four here. 15th was Luka Milivojevic. 15th overall. Yeah, man. Luka Milivojevic. Great value pick at 5.2 to end the season. Marco, 16th. Pogba. Seventeen. Yeah, that's shocking. Now his price that. wasn't that high. Seven point nine to say, end the season.
2: A, a a decent finish, but considering where he was, especially at the beginning of the year, you
0: remember uh, how hot I was going to say Scott. You and I had hard, a Pogba-McTarnian bet early on. It's yeah. hard
2: for me not to say that it's honestly a little disappointing, considering how good he was to start the year. That he would fall far enough to finish outside the top ten in scoring yeah. when he was, I believe number 1 for a minute. All good players die under under Mourinho.
1: And then Wilfried Zaha finished next overall. I mean, he missed something like 9 matches entirely this season. Yeah. But at the end of the year, I mean, I credit much of my title win to Wilfried Zaha hey, in my it, midfield.
0: I'm not going to be crying uh, crying if he Wilfred Zaha finds his way into the Arsenal lineup next and year, and if
1: he manages to stay at Crystal Palace, he'll be my sexy pick for seventh overall for sure. Crystal, Crystal well, Palace.
2: Seventh. and that's a—it's the sad thing about him is knowing how. I mean, just because he had had such great form last summer, we talked about that before, like how great he looked and how essential he seemed to start it, to start the season for most FPL midfields, what? and then to get hurt so early. You know, game one, he plays the. I think he played all ninety the first match. As I just think for somebody who was so was in the. I mean, he was because of his price, and he was in the. You know, it just seemed like there were some of those guys that had such great form going. You know, through the summer, Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku were both all summer long scoring goals every time they kicked a ball, and Zaha was the same thing. Debrano was the same thing. There were those guys that just looked like you need to find a way to put these guys into your lineup. It just crumbled so quickly for Zaha and then to see what kind of what could have been. I do have one stat that I can add to this if you want me to add a stat to it. In that same article about expected goals, one of the most interesting parts of it, interesting, is that um is that because Crystal Palace had Christian Benteke, Johan Kabay, and Ruben Loftus cheek on the list of expected goals. Um their contention is in the article, the, the article is basically the idea that expected goals could show you or give you some idea of where at the table, maybe how it could have been different had more of those goals gone in. Okay. For them, they, because of the number of people who missed so many expected goals, Crystal Palace, their, they, their claim is that if they had even hit an average number of the goals that they were expected to score...
1: They could have been as high as seventh in the yes. table. Oh, wow. no, if Roy Hodgson had been their manager all year long, they would have challenged Burnley for Europa League. They had they oh. scored
2: forty one goals from their expected goal total of fifty three. Wow. So it's bad. That's a that's not I mean, that's a lot of goals that of, they did not score. Yeah. Sort of only you can go up from here. And they say that, and it's specifically in there. They don't want to put it on one player necessarily, but holy cow, Christian Benteke! Well, either way, you have two midfielders as well who contributed to that, and you know, Zaha is not one of them. And so you have to imagine that 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 you you'd think that that can't get worse next year, uh, especially if they especially if they find a way to to get a goalkeeper that is not. Wayne Hennessy.
1: It seems unlikely that the, that they're going to be able to keep their best players. However, if they can and they can upgrade Benteke up front and Hennessy at the back, this is a good squad. And they're a London club. I mean, they have like they're 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 smaller London They club. have cheerleaders. They <laughs> that's right. They're the only club with cheerleaders. You would think like if Steve Parrish, the owner, and Roy Hodgson, their current manager, can somehow keep this nucleus together improving those two key spots in the roster mm-hmm. they've got great potential great yep. potential i agree i hope All they, right. i hope zaha stays speaking i do too speaking of uh, potential dave your favorite club is arsenal yes and uh, we are now done With the Wenger era at Arsenal. Wenger's officially out, Scott. That's right. So we want to give you an Arsenal moment in the season-ending pod. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I I didn't have –
0: I feel like my my big farewell was sort of my open letter last week. Where you spoke
1: that weird, garbled French. It was very good. Hopefully – Very very good effort. There weren't
0: many French (laughs) – actual speakers listening to that because they. <laughs> hey, realize... we're a
1: worldwide pod I don't know if you know that
0: Dave no I know listen my Spanish accent is a hundred times better than my French accent obviously many would argue that I you... now want to test
1: that yeah
0: oh yeah. listen I got a uh, to top French accent in my Spanish class in high school took four years of it I secretly want does to speak know? Spanish fluently
1: does he know what he just said it's possible okay Hey, listen,
0: I want to mention these three, th- these three things. This <laughs> is what I want Arsenal to do uh, very quickly as we this pod needs to move along. I want them to make decisions quickly in this offseason. I want a manager tomorrow. I'm okay. sure that they've probably already been lining whoever up. At this point, I don't even care who it is. I just want
1: it to happen soon. Rumor has it they're calling guys that they know they need to kind of courtesy call to say you didn't get it, which would imply that they know who will. I'm sure they know. I'm. They have to. It's um, Mikel Arteta. Maybe,
0: which I am really kind of lukewarm on. I don't know what to think about that. We'll get to that in a minute. The other thing I want is whoever they – like, make a manager decision quickly. Then make a transfers decision quickly. In a World Cup year, I remember last time, do not delay. I don't know if anyone remembers. Probably not. But last time World Cup happened – Arsene Wenger didn't sign anyone. They got throttled by United 8 to 2, and he went out and made some panic signings. They were actually decent, but guys like Santi Cazorla, Murtasak, or Giroux. But whatever. It took 8 to 2 thrashing for him to make signings. And then the other thing is hey, guess what? Don't suck. Like, <laughs> Like, the last few years have sucked. Stop sucking. Um, So anyways, listen, Stan Kroenke, he's a majority shareholder of Arsenal Football Club. Brian, he also owns, this is not a football podcast, NFL National Football League, Los Angeles Rams, who Mm. two years ago signed Sean McVay, a 30-year-old Brian coach, the youngest coach, head coach in NFL history. He is not scared to go sign a young upcoming coach. Scott already mentioned it. Mikel Arteta, three years ago, was in an Arsenal jersey slash kit playing on the field. Uh, he, The second he retired from Arsenal Football Club, he went directly into to being Pep's like top manager with having no experience. I always thought that was really bizarre. Uh, so he's been underneath Pep for the last two years. And, yeah, it's being rumored that he's in the running for the manager. Now, obviously, anyone that can catch a the the underpants uh, of, of Pep at this point would be, I mean, if you could catch some of that success, that'd be and good. Say,
2: where's he throwing?
0: I have no idea what to think about this, and I don't even know if it's going to happen yet. I just want this. Make decisions quickly and don't suck.
2: Is that too much to ask? No. It Anyways. seems like those are all respectable, reasonable requests that you would ask of a team that you support. Make the right decisions and don't suck.
0: All right. Well, no one else wants to hear anything about that. Let's let's move on to forwards.
1: <laughs> Before we do that, actually, I've got two other things to do. Oh, 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 in my face! First of all, Scott's stat of the day.
0: And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day.
1: Stat of the day is one hundred and sixteen mm, 116 of days that we have until the Premier League season. It's actually less than that. Good news. Oh, yes. The number of hours this podcast. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> no, 116.5 is what you get if you take the starting price this past season for the top two goalkeepers, the top five defenders, the top five midfielders, and the top three forwards. In other words, to fill out a squad of all the top scores of the past season overall, you would have needed 116.5 pounds to start the season which is impossible. Yeah. You get 100 pounds. So in my mind 116.5 what it, what it basically means is that's how much work it takes to own a fantasy premier league squad throughout a season. Mm. You had to devalue your club by 16.5 pounds to start the season in order to just start the season with a roster because you couldn't have played all of the top players at every position when the season ended. Yeah. You had to find value, to use the word of the day, 16.5 pounds, which is a lot. That mm. is a lot. You had to find all of that somewhere throughout the 15 spots that you have in your roster. That's more than a pound per player. You had to devalue your squad in order just to field a team. That's all the decisions you had to make to get to 15, hoping that that second goalkeeper, that fourth and fifth defender, that fifth midfielder, and that third forward would hit somehow for you.
0: Interesting, Scott. Then when you weigh, when you just, based on what you just said then, the points per pound becomes very relevant.
1: Absolutely. And that's where I'm okay with value. Piggybacked on what you just said. Yep, absolutely right. So 116.5, obviously not possible, uh, but uh, it does show how hard this game can be over 38 game weeks. Now it's time for the part of the pod I'm most excited about. Before we get to the forwards, I want you, Dave, and you, Brian, to play hey. overrated and underrated. We can there keep we this go. brief. Okay. Brief explanation if you must. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know Brian will have an explanation like on everyone. I'm going to give you 10 <laughs> Premier League-related people or items, and I want you to tell me if you think that this thing I say is overrated or underrated. You ready? Yeah, sure. I am ready. Number one, Wembley Stadium. Overrated, overrated. or underrated? Overrated. Uh, as a venue, it is properly rated. As
2: a venue for Tottenham Hotspur FC,
1: uh, way overrated. Interesting. Both of you agree Wembley is overrated in some way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You
0: didn't ask me to be descriptive. No, that's right. I I I... fully agree.
1: I want there to be magic about playing at Wembley, but unless you're a club that's probably outside the Premier League at this point,
2: Wembley's overrated. Uh, Or unless I'm going to see
1: like a a Led Zeppelin reunion show there. (laughs) That's valid. Number two, and remember, there's 10 of these. Number two, Paul Pogba. Overrated or underrated? Manchester United midfielder. Fun game, right? I think Paul Pogba is, has only shown himself to be overrated.
0: Based on this last year's performance, overrated. Based on two years ago, Juventus' performance,
1: underrated. Okay, okay, all right. We're not going to base this off Juventus. <laughs> Based Pogba, on this past year in the Premier League, overrated. I think overrated is the only answer you can possibly give. It's all
2: right. hard, I mean, it's hard to say. Look, man. When, when nearly unanimously, anyone who's looking at it says, I wish he was playing more advanced and Mourinho's not playing him. Until there's a consensus that he's being played properly, it's a little tough to make a final decision, but holy cow, it just seems like he checks out way, way, way too much. It seems like he buys way too much into I'm a 100 million pound man.
1: Malcolm Gladwell is not a soccer guy. And he does not have a soccer podcast, but his Revisionist History podcast has talked about soccer uh, at one point, and he also just talked about the NBA in his podcast last week. He talks about having the importance of having the right players on the right teams at the right time, and how important that is. He used Victor Depot, this is not a basketball podcast, as an example how he was basically a bust on Oklahoma City, put him on Indiana, away from Russell Westbrook, and he's an all-star. He's a he superstar. I think Paul Pogba on Manchester United is a classic example of a great player being on the long team. And I think in the the British Premier League, he is way overrated. At least on Manchester City. Number three, winning the Golden Boot. Overrated or underrated? Uh, Underrated. I'll jump in
0: on that because I can tell Brian's late. I think it's underrated. Um, I think it is an important thing. I learned that in things I did not know. Um, I now know. And uh, I think it is an underrated thing. Guys really care about it. And uh, listen, when, especially when you set records like Sala did, it's important.
2: I mean, you'd think that it has to do a little bit with the overall success of your team. A li- at least a little bit. I, mean. I think it's, I don't know. I think winning the Golden Boot is, it seems like a pretty massive achievement. For the only, individual. Yeah. The fact that only certain people are even close to it anyway. It seems like. Are you leaning toward overrated, Brian? I'm leaning more towards properly rated. I knew L. it. Okay, all I right. knew it.
1: <laughs> I knew he was going to have to make it a separate well, category. Well, he's not going to say that for number four. Okay. Neither are you, Dave. Sure. Number four, Jurgen Klopp's football philosophy. Overrated or underrated? Wow,
0: this could dive deep, and and we're running long in the tooth here. Uh, Listen, uh, first of all, what the hell is it? (laughs) Brian, I think I've been on Slack before saying questioning what his philosophy is. I think Scott has briefly described it, but my description was, hey I need guys who can
1: run a lot we have had a listener we have had listeners ask for our slack account in the past and it's not as great as we make it out to be like you don't really want to be connected to our slack account probably however this was one conversation that was no, fascinating wh- that what we people had.
0: miss out is hearing uh tra- at Travis on slack <laughs> he's the best Travis and, and Andrew the ref are fantastic on slack so is brother Matt they so. should be on a podcast. Those
1: guys is really what you'd want to you'd want to see on Slack, not us. There's a strong hockey forecheck, uh, but there's a geometrical, uh, you know, Shape. importance to Klopp's philosophy. <laughs> Overwhelming, you know, numbers, I mean, having more of your players around the ball than the opponents' players. Yeah, you know, there there is definitely a a philosophy there. There's definitely an agenda to it okay, that so- involves having more players around the ball. That involves swarming. Involves possession. It involves, uh, you know, again, I, I compared it, and, and Andrew, the ref, mentioned, you know, something you just quoted, uh, you know, he, he agreed. It's kind of like a hockey team that has a great forecheck in the opposing defensive zone uh, that it gives you the ability, correct, but it gives you the ability to then be able to be as offensive as you need to, which is obviously what Liverpool did last All season. Right. I'm saying overrated.
0: Overrated because... Klopp's had the same philosophy for a long time Not won that many trophies And the one reason why he has a chance to win a trophy this year Is Virgil van Dijk and Mohamed Salah A record career type of a year for Salah So anyways, that's I say Klopp's overrated
2: um, I don't know man, it's hard for me Brian, to
0: Brian, do there. not say properly rated
2: it's hard for me to say that it's that it's not. I mean, they did kind of the same thing. They still they it's it's weird cuz they still lost to crap teams this year. They and yet they made the Champions League final. Look, so,
1: yeah. You could argue that every year under Liverpool hasn't proved so far. Well, and, but Brian and make, guess who make it and guess final. who
2: and guess who Pep has already talked about being nervous as competition for next year. Liverpool, well, well, of, course, of course, because here, Liverpool's course. had yeah, his number. Of course, he's going to be nervous. I, it just, I don't know, Dave. It really is hard for me to say. It's hard, hard for me to say overrated for a guy that's that's, that's put together. A Brian,
0: what does he want? other than striking gold and or oil? Where no one else thought they would find it in Mohamed Salah. Yeah. Okay. A cast off from, from a few places. Uh, he has the most record breaking amazing year. I'm not taking anything away from him. He obviously uh, earned it. Other than that.
1: What happens to that team? If Salah's
0: not there. If Salah just puts in the average performance.
1: Come on. Where's Liverpool. I'm just. He saying. brought in money he, he brought in into- Winold. He brought in Virgil. He brought in Robertson. Scott, going into the last. He brought week. in Carius. I'll give him credit after this last season for Carius. Great.
0: All that means donkey.
1: That's that's more than he half the starting lineup.
0: With all, everything he did, he had a chance the last week to possibly lose fourth place in the Premiership. Did he? No.
1: Not even close. But
0: you act like these accolades have earned him something. And they almost earned him fifth place only because Chelsea couldn't get a point against Huddersfield and Newcastle. Not only because Chelsea lost anything. To
1: Liverpool beat Brighton by four. They earned fourth place. And they are on the verge of potentially winning the European trophy.
0: Chelsea caved. Therefore, listen, it's easy to
1: make... the. Liverpool earned it by beating Brighton. All right. Period. Even if Chelsea beat yes, Newcastle, they they're not getting fourth place. Technically, they did. I get your point, but at the same time, they have improved every year under Jurgen Klopp. His philosophy and his ability to sign the right guys that fit into that philosophy is what's making Liverpool work right now. He's overrated. All right. Number five, squad rotation. Overrated or underrated? Squad rotation
2: is massively underrated. I agree
0: 100%.
1: I
2: wish that they would... I get that you need to preserve guys, but, man, you wish that the best players were out there all the time, but it just isn't possible over the course of the season. It unless, just unless, you're,
0: unless you're Lester.
2: And as much as you hate seeing it, it's just, I mean, there's nothing else. There's nothing that the top teams can do other than have a roster of 25 or 30 guys that you can play constantly no matter what. Burnley you just don't have the money to do that.
1: Burnley far and away had the fewest changes to their starting lineup all season long. It got them 7th place. It's They interesting. are honestly...
0: The prior two
1: champions who, yeah. who
0: won that... The prior
1: two years... Chelsea the and Liverpool and who Leicester. who had that yep. stat
0: won the league. That's
1: right. And Burnley had it this year and, and they maxed out in 7th, which I think is about right. They earned a Europa League spot. Honestly, though... Depending on what they do in the summer, they are a relegation danger next season, regardless of the fact that they're because playing of in your games, Is Because the means? extra games and the rotation that's going to be required. We don't know that Sean Dice can do that. Number six, Antonio Conti. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. What? Oh, man. oh I don't know. I, that's so honest. hard.
2: It's so hard to say what happened with this with Chelsea at the end of the season, and from the moment that he stopped being like hyperactive, uh, fist pumping, crowd crowd surfing Antonio Conte, I, I have no idea. I, I would like to think that he's not overrated, but man, they just completely.
0: I, well, one reason why the I say I overrated is because how many Chelsea managers come in and for one year are great, and then the next year they're horrible and they get cut. Is that Antonio
1: Conte's fault? Also is Antonio Conte in the same category as Goose Hiddink and Carlo Ancelotti and all the others? No one is in a category with Goose. <laughs> well, he's he can't you
2: can't put him in the
1: Mourinho category either. I mean, there's it just doesn't seem like Antonio Conte is under Rated. Okay. You can't tell Brian, me you wouldn't want him on Arsenal. Just, I, don't, I, I don't. What? No. He listen. He would give Arsenal. If anything,
0: I don't want to hear this. Uh, Antonio, uh, how did you guys? Uh, what was your strategy today, going into today's in today's game? Well, uh, well, you uh, know, well, I mean, we, you know, we we played some guys uh,
2: like that. That's a good. That's a good honestly, that sounds like Arsene Wenger to me. <laughs> oh come on!
1: <laughs> hey, that leads naturally. I'm to not going to
0: bring up my French accent because I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, so we, we know. Continue. It's
1: not good. Number seven. Speaking of Arsene Wenger's Arsenal career, overrated or underrated?
0: Oh wow, that's a tough. I one. I can't
1: answer that. I really can't.
0: At this point, I almost want to go back to Brian's properly rated, even though that's not an option.
2: Considering, considering,
0: I would say underrated con- because I feel like the end of the year, the end of his his term, it was people had forgotten what he did in the beginning.
2: I was gonna say considering the fact that it's either that by the end it was either Arsene Wenger changed the face of English football forever. He managed the Invincibles. And also, he sucked with every breath he took out of his that <laughs> his, his body made for the last five years of his managerial career. I mean, it, it was one or the other the entire time. It just feels like the pendulum swung too far both ways here at the end of his career, and then the Wenger out stuff seemed to just to overtake everything.
0: You know what's interesting, and, and it just occurred to me, what happened to him at the end of the of his uh, his tenure was he said this in multiple interviews. Uh, that that he became, and he said this in the Roger Bennett uh, Men and Blazers interview, that he uh, became a fan. He was a fan of Arsenal, and and think about this: if any of us of our favorite teams became managers of those teams, and because we were fans first, and it wasn't a job where we were worried about losing our job, um, and/or had to, uh, you know, have a performance up to a certain standard, I just think that he got to a place. Where, where he was a true fan of the club and then he didn't see things clearly as opposed to a manager who is concerned about his job and if I don't perform, I'm going to be in trouble and then makes decisions accordingly. Therefore, he sticks with players too long and maybe he should have cut them. He didn't go after cutthroat signings because he wanted to see certain players develop into things because he got too emotionally involved into the club I never would have thought that before until I saw a lot of these interviews, and now I think that is becoming way more apparent. And that's why things were so kind of cutthroat, and/or I think it, that went to his advantage earlier in his career because he did—he was not a fan yet. He—he he was not that emotionally tied to it. And after the tenth, twelfth, whatever year, when things started, when production started, just barely maintaining. Anyways, that's that's my little hot
1: take. Uh, it's, a, it's a good take. Uh, I think additionally, though, you have to acknowledge the fact that he was revolutionary when he first came into the Premier League. Those who remember and were watching back in the 90s when he started, uh, he was revolutionary, and that was then it. He played all the cards in his hand, and the rest of the league caught up to what he had implemented at Arsenal. And at that point, then, they were able to surpass him, and that's why things kind of went on the decline later on. I, I think I I like that you say oh, underrated, Dave, uh, for the reason that it takes the whole totality of his career yeah. into account. Number eight, pod favorite, Leicester City forward, finished the season strong. I'll say, Kaleci Iannaccio. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were going to say what? <laughs> Kaleci Iannaccio is he overrated? He didn't play a ton for Manchester City. Didn't play You're a ton for Lester. Because
0: I want to say underrated. Kalechi Inacho. Overrated but or underrated. I would I would I I don't think many people would rate him at all. So I'm still gonna say underrated.
1: Uh, There's something to the fact, though, that he barely cracked the Leicester lineup to the end of the season. Now, when he played, say, he did oh, great. Maybe
2: overrated for the amount of money that Leicester City paid for him, considering what he, the output and actual on-the-field performance. But, yeah,
0: but did, did he get a ch- much of a chance? I mean, did he get yeah. chance at Vardy and Okazaki never get hurt. But why did he get the
2: chance
1: at Leicester City? Because Vardy and
0: Okazaki never get hurt.
2: At the beginning of the season, though, I remember saying that, that I thought, this guy's. I mean, what are they going to do? Not play him that much? He's their one of their record signings here. He's, they've spent they've spent double digit
1: millions to get him, and he didn't do very much at all.
0: I don't think it's his
1: fault. He's overrated. Wait, I think it's time to say he's overrated. Uh, number nine, Stoke City midfielder, relegated club, but potentially. Someone who's not on the world stage, Jordan Shakiri, is he overrated or is he underrated?
0: Underrated.
1: Um, it seems like somebody
2: who's that important for Th- the entire club.
0: Think about what he did for that C- pile of st- yeah. called Stoke City. I mean,
2: his injury history is real, but his performance is also real. And I feel like it's another one that's. It seems like he had. He could still be a. Big factor for he, somebody.
0: He's not scared of big moments in games either.
1: I don't know. I know. I know. Only one person can can only do so much for a club. But to me, the fact that Stoke City have been relegated means he's overrated. Number ten, Europa League football, overrated or underrated?
0: It's not overrated anymore.
1: Not so, overrated for
2: for Burnley.
0: No. If anything, I'd say it's underrated. Listen, not to sound too silly, if Burnley just focused on Europa League next year and kind of just poo-pooed the Premier League, you never know. <laughs> you never know. They could find <laughs> themselves in the Champions League, Brian.
1: While is, playing in the League. Is it
0: easier? Ask yourself this. Is it easier <laughs> for Burnley to win the Champions League, to win Europa League, forgive me, or to finish in the top four? And the answer
1: is to win Europa League. I just think it depends who you are. Well, compared to the top four, sure. I think, though, that you know what's underrated about the Europa League? What's underrated about the Europa League is when the third-place group stage clubs from the Champions League drop into the Europa League, it gets hard. I, I wish they wouldn't do that. I mean, it makes the Europa League strong. I mean, that's where Atletico Madrid... They needed that back before they
0: the winner of the Europa League would move on to the Champions League. They needed the extra spice. Now the bigger teams in Europa League care because they get promotion to yeah. Champions League automatically, so they care. So they don't need the drop downs. I hope that's something that changes.
1: I don't think it will. It definitely strengthens the Europa League, uh, the Europa League, you know, uh, club lineup. list. Yeah, the lineup. And uh, honestly, I think it's underrated. I wish people cared more about Europa League before they get close to winning it and have a potential Champions League spot. And I agree. It's going to be fun, no matter how long it lasts, for Burnley to be in the Europa League next year, even if it harms them in the Premier League. All right, let's get to the forwards. What do we make of the forwards and the way they ended? Harry Kane, once again, Far and away, the number one scoring forward in the league, but Jamie Vardy and Roberto Firmino finished two and three.
0: Kane's points per game: six point three eight. He subbed in three times. He missed one game all
1: year. It's not bad. And six, I would, you know, most people I think would take six points per match. Considering that Sergio Aguero had the top points per game
0: because and again the numbers are a little skewed but he missed 13 games he subbed in for two so he played a total of 23 games scoring 169 points had a whopping 7.34 points per game second behind him was abamying with abamying's scoring 87
1: points only playing in 30 in 13 games it's good so I don't think too many people were going to be, you know, are surprised by the top five, Aguero four, Lukaku five, to kind of finish that out. Uh, that That's probably as expected. We talked about those names throughout most of the season. Obviously, Aguero and Lukaku ended the year hurt. Six through 10 is where the surprises are to me. Brian, you're going to love this.
0: I, I
2: love it a lot already.
0: There's a couple things that jumped out at me. Number one, we've mentioned him many, many times on this podcast, and his name is Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. He subbed in 11 times. Wow. He missed 9 games. Uh-huh. He scored 126 points. Not only
2: that. A whopping
0: overall. 7 points per game.
2: Not only that, when I mentioned that Gabriel Jesus was in the top 10 in wastefulness this season, yeah. He his actual amount of goals that he scored was fine. You're not mad about the number of goals that he scored. He made the list because he missed 8 of his 11 attempts inside the 6-yard box. All 8 of those attempts were either shots he kicked directly on target or that hit the woodwork. Wow. Gabriel so. Jesus could have and and he missed two penalties. So, <laughs> Gabriel Jesus could have had an absolutely monster season uh I think with a little less competition. Yeah. Which is not going to go away anytime soon. But holy cow, he had the chances. He had some really good chances. Finishes really well overall. But uh, you think you'd expect a little bit more
1: for the him. money, though. You just it was just so hard to know when he was going to play and when to own him to get those 126 points that he earned on. Hence the,
2: season. the bet between him and Rod Jay Rodriguez That's and Salomon Rondon. That's
1: exactly right, Scott. The
0: last, uh, last in your face. All right. Uh, from another Brighton take player. It. You Glenn thoroughly, Murray, thoroughly mocked him. Yeah, 11th beginning overall. Beginning of the year. Yep. He's 11th overall at a whopping $5.9 billion with 111 points. There's one other thing I'll mention in just a second, but we've already talked to him. Murray, in getting that 111 points... He subbed in 10 times and missed three
1: games. Yeah, he didn't play much till the second half so, of the season. So, like,
0: the fact that he got those points, that's pretty impressive to finish 11 overall, missing that many games.
1: Well, that's true. You know, just above him, 6 Playing for Brighton. Playing for Brighton. 6-10, Alexander Lacazette finished 6th overall. Yeah. Kind of so, surprising. Especially because he didn't play much near the end of the year. Right. Number 8, Ayose Perez. That's also in my face. And that's
0: who I wanted to mention. Yeah. Five point five. Uh, that guy, he subbed in seven times. He missed two games. Still finished two points behind Jesus in three. In uh, by far th- the cheapest in the top
1: ten. that's by far. Yep. Points per pound had to be solid for IOZ Perez. Yep. Yep. No, Honestly, no, no.
0: Iosi Perez points per pound were twenty two point five four. No one was close. Well,
2: Iosi Perez. I mean, the, his last ten matches was where he exploded. Yeah. The, yeah. the rest of the season basically was just, you know, he you got a goal here and there from him, but basically from it was week thirty
1: on. In where hindsight, he absolutely exploded. In hindsight. You know, we talked up Swansea forwards as great third forwards. Tammy Abraham the first half of the year. Jordan Ayew the second half of the year. In hindsight, though, you probably should have gone from Jordan Ayew to Ayews Perez yes, definitely. over the last eight to ten game weeks.
2: Yep.
0: Other than that, I don't have anything that really jumped out at me.
1: Alvaro Morata, nine?
2: Goodbye, Alvaro Morata, uh, if that's a definitively done deal. Uh, to Juventus, Back to Juventus. Like. Yeah um alvaro morata also on the wasteful list uh but i didn't really include him because mostly i think his biggest wasteful his the the one that is memorable and the one that 442 definitely like to uh throw at, he was his the match against arsenal where he missed three clear cut like, chances yeah. that would have been the difference in them winning yeah. the match or not so no, I. Scott, but, I
0: didn't mention number nine Murata and Rooney. Number ten, Rooney. Number, number ten. Goodbye. In
1: the Premier League, the Wayne first, Rooney. the
2: first half of the season, Murata and Rooney were on fire. Were absolutely there lights out, solid, and and yeah. could have, and you probably should have owned both of them. Yeah. From weeks one through, I 20.
1: got, I got knocked out of the FPL Cup by a guy who owned Wayne Rooney in that yeah. month when you needed to own Wayne Rooney.
2: Two of my beginning of the season draft picks from the draft. There you go.
1: <laughs> did I finish second in the draft?
2: I think you did. I'll take um, it's it's weird to see Roberto Firmino so high considering he kind of Germain uh, Defoe his uh, the season here like was so good until the last oh I don't know ten weeks yeah thing like a lot of that's other good, guys that's good reference but um that's
1: where overall points is skewed thirty eight weeks is a long time. There were definitely seasons of the season Yeah, you owned various guys over others.
2: Yeah, so you see that, and you see 181 points over the course of the season, you think, oh, man, it's third. But if you had owned him until week 30 and then sold him for almost anyone else, (laughs) you would have done probably better than you got from uh, those points from weeks 30 on.
1: We're there, Dave. Yeah, we made it. Season in review.
2: Yeah. What uh, a season.
0: I'm going to split this into two parts. Just I'm telling people right now, I can see where we are on the clock. It's going to be split up into two parts, but hey, it'll be great. Part one and
1: part two. Very good. Fantasysoccerfc.com. I'm going to, I'm going to break down what would have been the absolute FPL all-star team, that 116.5 pound squad. Yeah. Well, we talked about them here, but I'll put that on the podcast this week. I'm sorry. Nope. I'll put that on the website for the podcast this week. So you can check that out as well.
0: Very good. All right. Well, listen. In the uh, we do have some stuff coming up this summer.
1: Absolutely. Uh, first things first, we're going to preview Mexico uh, going into the World Cup. We're part of a uh, network of podcasts that's previewing different countries for the uh, upcoming 2018 World Cup. We took Mexico. Next best thing after the United States. It's the it's probably the country we've watched the most after the United States since they they played. The yeah. The most. Sure. Uh, and so we'll preview them, give you some fun facts about Mexico leading into the World Cup. Uh, and then from there, we've got a fun summer plan, Dave. I don't want to give it all away. Man. You don't? Just got to stay tuned. Fair enough. All right, listen for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast.
0: Until next time.